So I want you to turn in your Bible today to Revelation 19. Revelation 19. You know, I don't, I don't just get um, particular about little things that don't matter, but, you know, I remember growing up, I always heard revelations, but it's actually revelation. Why? It's the revelation. If you, if you look in chapter 1, the very first verse, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not the revelation of the Antichrist. It's not the revelation of the false prophet. It's not the revelation of the beast or even the church. It's, it's the revelation, even though all those things are contained, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So over, look at um, Revelation 19. Father, thank you that every ear is anointed today to hear. Lord, let us hear, Lord, from heaven's perspective. Let us hear from your vantage point. And Lord, I just thank you that we would be doers of the word today. And not hearers only, in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation 19. It says, after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you servants, all you his servants, and you that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. See, that's not just something we're going to do down here. That's something we're going to do up there. We're going to be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And her, his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love reading these verses. Thank you, Lord. You know, there's, there's coming an event in the very near future that's greater than anything we've ever seen. One of the things that we do as the River Church and as believers is we prepare for eternity. A great um, worship leader that I know, his, his ministry, one of the themes of it was rehearsing for eternity. Why? Because you're going to be singing now. You're going to be singing to the Lord all through eternity. And so one of the things we have to realize is 
we want to occupy till he comes. We want to be involved in kingdom business. We want to be doing things in the natural, but it, we want to be doing that with the realization that at any time the trumpet could sound that Jesus is coming back to receive him to his own. Hallelujah. And that's, that's a great day. So I want to share along the lines of the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. It's not a message that you hear that often these days. So he's talking about the church. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for the bride of Christ. <clears throat> and so this happens when you're born again. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And so at that time, when you're born again, you become part of the bride of Christ. And men, don't worry. You know, you might say, well, I'm not a bride. Well, if you're part of the body of Christ, then you're, you're the bride. Amen. Amen. <laughs> say this. I'm part of the body of Christ. And so a lot of times when people talk about these things, they only emphasize the bridegroom, which is we're taking nothing away from Jesus. We're taking nothing away from him, but we're talking about his love for the bride. We're talking about his love for the body of Christ. And so no, no bridegroom wants his bride to be less than all she can be. And so that's what the Lord, he's getting us ready. And we have our part, just like the scripture says, that the bride has made herself ready. We want to be ready for that day. And so he doesn't separate himself from his body. The bridegroom does not ignore the bride. So he loves his bride. One of the things that our pastor, he had a, a supernatural experience last March. He said that he saw, he said that this, as he was, it was like two in the morning. And he um, was talking to a, a friend of his th that we know as well from Australia. And he, um, he said he was there at the bed and this fire came around because they were talking. And this is right when COVID started. And he said, um, how's it going? He said to this other minister, he said, not good. And I can hear his voice. Not good, mate. <laughs> Looks like the end of days. You know, and he... Um, Anyway, what happened is right when he said that, this fire came around. As our pastor sitting there, he said this fire came around, and uh, it went right into his, like right in his belly. He said he started groaning in the deepest of tongues. You know, not just shaba shaba. That I mean, but just like really, he said that the power of God hit him, and he was crying. His wife's crying. Um, Brother Tim was crying on the phone in Australia. And anyway, the Lord said a few things and said, you know, I care not who's in the White House. I care not who's in this agency or that agency. And like Pastor Rodney said, he said, I care, though. <laughs> and, and so this is long before the elections and all that. But he said one of the, the things that I realized in that is his love for his bride. And if you touch the church, you're a walking dead man. And so, don't touch the church. Don't touch his bride. 
Amen. You touch him, you touch, you touch the apple of his eye. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, look in verse 9 here. Here he says, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so, the first part of this is an invitation. How do we get this invitation? Well, this invitation happens, it's consummated at the rapture of the church. What's going to happen then? This incorruptible, I mean, this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. <laughs> I tell you what, when I think, whenever you have an ache or even a pain in your body, it makes you think about having a glorified body. Especially the older you get, you think, man, I can't wait till we have a glorified body. It's going to be a body that keeps up with our spirit. You know, right now it's a little bit hindered. Actually, a lot hindered. But there's coming a day we're going to get a new body. Listen, I want you to listen. Look over in 1 Thessalonians 4. And I love this because the Bible says at the end of this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The church... There are people in the church, and I, I can't tell you why, but there are people in church that, that don't believe in the rapture. Well, you know the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, neither is the word Bible. But the word rapture is the word, it, it signifies in the catching away. The catching away. There's coming a catching away. But look, look what um, First Thessalonians Four and verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Let me just say this too. This is not talking about soul sleep. There are certain groups and denominations that preach soul sleep and that, you know, you're just floating. and you're, this is, the, the Bible says nothing about soul sleep. What it's talking about is the physical body is asleep in the grave. Just like, have you ever seen somebody who's asleep and they're really in a deep sleep? Now, I usually give myself away because I make sounds like snores and stuff. And um, even like this morning, I lay back on the bed for a minute and I said, I fell asleep, didn't I? Yeah, you snored in my ear. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, someone who's really deep in sleep, they, they look just like a dead person, don't they? And... Um, so anyway, that's what he's saying here, that, that they've fallen asleep. So it's not talking about, it just means that they, they physically died. And the, the Bible says for me to part and be with Christ is far better. So when you depart, you're either going to go up and be with the Lord or you go down into a holding place called Hades or hell. And so he says that, that those which sleep in Jesus, those who have already died, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Look at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. See, this is your future right here, church. <laughs> with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them 
in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And, and you know, it's amazing, though, that some people, they, they want to emphasize and say, well, you know, and, and almost like apologize for the rapture. Well, you know, I'm not an escapist. Well, I am because I'm going on the first load. But that doesn't mean I'm going to escape and, and I'm just going to go up in the mountains and have Goya um, peas and, 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 and just have, you know, a, a whole load of things and I'm just going to live in the mountains. No, I'm going to occupy till he comes. But the Bible says that we're going to escape this, the, the wrath to come. Why? Because Jesus is going to take his church home. Look in chapter 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then come sudden destruction upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. See, we're not in darkness today. That day is not going to overtake us as a thief. You all are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. That's why I don't like sleeping in the daytime, except taking naps. But that's why I don't like working midnight shifts, because you're up in the night and you sleep in the day. Well, we're not of the, of the night. Amen. Besides the part that you feel like trash all the time. That's just me. I don't do, I don't do good work in midnight shifts. I do good in deep intercession and going to sleep. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. See, a lot of times people say, well, you know, the church is going to go through the tribulation and this, that. And, you know, I'm not here to argue with people about that. But he's not appointed us to wrath. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. So any time you talk about the, the catching away the saints or the second coming of Jesus Christ... It should be to comfort one another. And so, notice here, he says, by the word of the Lord, we which are alive and remain, we're going to be called up together to meet him in the air. So that's where we enter the banquet hall of heaven. <laughs> where we come to celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who is, who is the Lamb? Jesus is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So we're going to have a marriage supper. This is where we are completed in our salvation. That means that, that everything that the Bible says that he which hath begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? That means that I'm under construction right now. I mean, I've always said that, and it's not an excuse to sin. We're not talking about that. But, you know, sometimes you can zig when you're supposed to zag. You know, sometimes you can, you can go different, you know, do things that you're not supposed to. Why? Because you're, you're a natural person. 
you know, sometimes you might say a word backwards or something, you know. You know, I don't claim to be perfect as a minister. And so this, though, is when our salvation is complete. We have salvation now, but it shall be full and complete on that day when our body is transformed. Hallelujah. So who's looking forward, though, to a glorified body? No more diets. No more scales. No more pain. No more dying. No hospitals, no funerals. Hallelujah. So we got married to him when we received him. Say this, I'm part of the bride of Christ, which is the church. The Bible says over in John chapter 14, in fact, I'm going to turn over. You can listen. John chapter 14. These are, are the words of Jesus. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many condos, little shacks. He said, there are many mansions. I heard a minister talking about his, um, the Lord let him see his mansion in heaven. He said, if CNN could have seen that, he said, you think they've, set, they've saw things on the earth that ministers had? He said, you know, they would have flipped out on that. Well, notice what he said. In my father's house are many mansions. You know, that's for each and every one of you. <clears throat> if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Jesus is going to come again and receive us unto himself. That where I am, he says, there you may be also. And so that's, the, that's what Jesus is doing now. He says, he says I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And what did he say? He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. What is that? That's our engagement ring. That's the earnest of our inheritance. What does that mean? That means that that's just a little foretaste of that which is to come. We have the seal of promise. You, you can say, there's the seal. And so while he's preparing a place, he stands as intercessor. He's praying for us even right now. He's standing in the gap. You know, it's like I've always said, there's no reason we can't make it. We've got help on the inside, and we've got help in heaven. Amen. The only reason we wouldn't make it is if we quit and threw in the towel. And so he's praying for us. Jesus is coming back very soon. And he is jealous over his church. He's getting the church ready for his return. You know, it's just like a wedding. Things are laid out, aren't they? When you just went to a wedding, things were made ready. They weren't just hodgepodge and, oh, boy, we got to go down to the Dollar General. It's like I heard a minister just saying last couple weeks ago. He said, a lot of people in the church need the spirit of Dollar General cast out of them. There's nothing wrong with Dollar General, but if that's all you, you're thinking, you know, it's a mindset. 
And so he's getting the church ready for his return. And just like a wedding, things are laid out. Heaven is being prepared even now. The banquet table is being set to receive the saints for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And don't miss what I'm saying if you're thinking about Dollar General. So, You know, that's just like the devil, though. You say something like that, and the devil for the next 30 minutes has people's mind, well, what's wrong with Dollar General? No, I'm not saying anything's wrong with Dollar General. There's nothing wrong with Dollar General. There's nothing wrong with the Dollar Tree or the Dollar Store or Bill's Dollar. Amen. But things are being prepared even now. You know, people say, well, what, what will I be wearing? You know, a lot of people's idea of heaven is, you know, we're just going to be on, on a cloud and we're going to play one of those little harps and, you know, you know, one of the little harps are about this big. And just floating. But our garments even are being prepared for us. God is getting us ready. Who feels like God, even in the last few months and few years, the Lord's getting you ready? Amen. Amen. I believe that, that I feel more ready than ever. And the Lord's getting us ready. And I'm going to be ready when the trumpet sounds. And so we have to realize the importance of the church. Everything that Jesus did, he did for us. Don't let people um, shame the church and, and tell you the church is not important. He died for us. He went to Calvary for us. He poured out his life for us. He gave everything for us. And it shows how valuable we are to him. Hallelujah. So we shall be with him in his glory without any limitations. See, we don't know a world like that. We don't, we don't know anything like that. You know, we're not just some pie in the sky. This is reality. We've just never seen it before. There's been people, of course, who the Lord has allowed to, to step into that realm momentarily. But we are going to partake of his glory. And just like a husband, no husband takes glory in the fact that his wife looks less than what she should be. You know, she comes in and the, the husband's all dressed up. You know, and, you know, she comes in and she's, you know, ready for the wedding. She's got a, a um, it's like years ago, I, I had a part-time job and I had this shirt. And it was, um, it was Cheetos. And, of course, my wife made me get rid of the shirt. But, anyway, it was a Chester, Chester Cheetah. I don't know. It was a Chester Cheetah shirt. And um, I worked with Frito-Lay part-time. Well, I got rid of the shirt. But, you know, it would be the same thing as if you, the wife comes to the wedding. She's got a, a Chester Cheetah shirt and sweatpants and Crocs on you know, that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't give any kind of glory to the man. That doesn't make the man look any better. Why? Because no one's going to look at that man and say, hey, man. They're going to say, hey, man, what's, what's your deal? What, what are you doing? I mean, the man, something wrong with you. 
It's like our pastor says, if, if there's something wrong with the woman, it's the man's fault. He said, he, he said I'll, I'll take a look at the man. And he said, I take a look at the woman because her expression shows what's really going on. Why? Because he can, he can say, you know, this and that. And he says, but meanwhile, back at the ranch, it's, it's another way. Amen. Because our face is a billboard. <laughs> so if he's, if he's all arrayed, the Bible says we're going to be like him. And so what are, we as the bride are going to be arrayed in fine linen. And he's getting us ready. <clears throat> you know, even in the military, your, your garment and your, your clothes and your uniform signifies different things. And some of the things that what you've attained to. Well, I believe even in our, you know, people say, well, you know, pastor, uh, I've, I've been going through a lot. I've been going, well, it's going to be woven into your garment. It's going to be woven the things that you've suffered for his namesake. The things that you've suffered in, in doing the will of God. It's going to be woven in. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Bible talks about different crowns we can get. And, and if, if that's true, what about the other things? See, there's going to be some people, you know, the Bible talks about those that we're going to differ in glory just like the sun and stars differ, how, how um, the stars differ in their glory and their strength. Well, how many know there's some that are, you know, just like barely out there? And then there's some that are like a, this shooting star. And it's not to compare, but, but there are rewards for what we do here on earth. Hallelujah. So this, this is the lamb slain. The Bible says he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We're going to see him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And this is the perfection of the church. Who's excited about that? No more time, as we said, no more disease or worry or fear. And there's a place at the table with your name on it. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And so it's also a time when we enter into our rest. You know, there's a lot of people telling, you know, I'm in a season of rest. Well, there's work to be done right now. You know when you can rest? When you draw out your last breath and you step into heaven. Then you can rest. Well, you know, I've just been, I want to take a sabbatical for about a year. Well, you're going to backslide. And so, we're going to be very busy in heaven. But we're, we're going to do it, we're going to be at a rest. Why? Because we're, we're not going to get tired. I mean, that's a great thing right there. You not even get tired. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And rest assured, no one is regretting being in heaven. Even people, you know, never, never get mad with people when they go home to, to be with the Lord. Even if you think, well, you know, they, they didn't live out their full life. Guaranteed they wouldn't come back. Once they see the glory of heaven, they'll say, forget that. <laughs> And so, there's no one regretting being there, but there are people in a lost eternity that are regretting that they did not choose him. 
So who is this marriage supper of the Lamb for? For those who receive the invitation. Well, people say, well, I don't have an invitation. Well, we'll, we'll give you one by the end of the service today. <laughs> and so no matter what you're going through today, no matter what's happening, everything on the other side is greater. What did Paul say? He said, the, the things I'm going through now are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. Now, just take the time sometime, read 2 Corinthians 11, and see what Paul went through. He said, three times I was beaten with rods, I, I suffered shipwreck. Um, he said, I, I was in perils of country, you know, perils of robbers, perils of heathen, false brethren. He said, all this, all the cares of the churches, all the things he went through. You know, the one time he, he tells the people, you know, he suffers he says, uh, hey, we shouldn't leave this place. And they say, well, you know, everything looks good. And we're going to, we believe that the master of the ship more than Paul. And he said they went and, and they got shipwrecked. But Paul, Paul said, be a good cheer because the angel of God who, whose I am and whom I serve has appeared to me. And he's given me all in the ship. And he said, don't, don't leave. He said, because your life, you know, you're taking it in your own hands. But he said, you stay here. Well, they suffer shipwreck, they get out, and then Paul gets out and makes a fire, and then a viper gets a hold of him. I mean, that's not the end of a good day at all. I mean, a bad day went worse. And so, but he just shook it off. He just shook it off. And that's what we have to do. <clears throat> and so, what's waiting on the other side is greater. Whatever you have to do to resist the devil, you do it. Whatever you have to do to overcome, you do it. If you have to lay down in front in the altar for 10 hours a day to get the victory, you do it. And so what's important, though, is we run the race. And my wife and I, we, I mean, our, the only thing that matters to us is that we see you on the other side. Nothing else matters. Not how much wealth I, you know, I gathered together. Not how many cars I had. Not how many vacation homes I had. There's nothing wrong with that. But the only thing that matters, all that's going to burn up and, and be dust. But the only thing that matters is that you're there. And the Lord's going to hold us responsible. So, who receives this invitation? Those who love Jesus with all their heart and who love the church. Say this, I love Jesus with all my heart and I love his church. Why? Because some people, people say, well, you know, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. Well, you're not saved. Now, I hate religion and, and religions. Um, you know why? Because when you're lost, religion never helped you get out of that condition. Amen. Only God and the power of God can get you out. Yep. Religion just will console you and say, well, in a little bit of a while, it'll be all over. Yeah, and you go to a lost eternity. So who receives the invitation to the banquet? Those whose garments are washed clean. And those who have sanctified, they are sanctified and set apart. 
Those who have their lamps filled with oil. Keep that fire burning. And see, that's why you need to check up on other people. You know, it's not so you can just, you know, it's not just a religious thing or like, well, you know, hey, I was in church and you weren't. Where were you today? No, it's because when people aren't in church, the, the further you stay away, the, the easier it is to stay away. It's just like, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll start that diet again on Monday. Wow, Monday's just always a good reset day, isn't it? <laughs> it's always a good day to just do everything. Well, we just, you know, get back on track on Monday. But then it, it, then it comes next Monday. Then it's a month from now. Why? It's easier and easier. And so 2 Timothy 4.8 says, he talks about all those that love his appearing. So now we are to occupy until he comes back. So what, what are we going to do? We're going to live with him forever and ever. Our glorified body will have no defects. If someone's blind now, they won't be blind then. If someone has something wrong, you know, in any part of their body, it's going to be made whole. Hallelujah. That's another awesome thing. But we have this blessed hope. So what, what must we do? We must get ready. We must allow Jesus, and this is so important, to do a work on the inside of us every single day. We must allow him to have his way. And just turn over. We're going to um, look at uh, Revelation 22. We'll finish with this. But Revelation 22 and verse 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I saw, and I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he to me, See you do it not. See, that's one thing you'll see with a, a true angel of God will never receive worship. They always point back to the Lord. See you do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. That's 2,000 years ago. How quick is it now? And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. See, that's why you, you want rewards. You want to be faithful. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. 
I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifies these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And then he says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So we have a blessed hope. We have something to look forward to. Amen. The Bible says when, when all these things start to come to pass, you look in Matthew 24, Matthew 25, all these things come to pass, lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. Your redemption draws nigh. So what does that mean? That means I have purpose for every day. That means I have purpose on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And as I, as I engage in the, in the purposes of God, that I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to fulfill God's plan. And then what's going to happen? We're going to step out. And when we step out of this body, when we, we, we which are alive and remain are called up together with the Lord, we shall ever be with the Lord. That's when we have what's called the bema. That's a, um, a raised platform. That's the, the language in the, in the Greek. It's the judgment seat. It's not to see if you're saved. Why? Because you wouldn't be there if you weren't. <laughs> that, that's for your rewards. That's for your works on the earth. Works don't get you saved, but works determine what you have in eternity. So that's why the river church is going to be loaded. We want every one of you loaded. Amen. With every crown that the, the Lord, there's four different crowns in the Bible. Well, there's the soul winner's crown. There's a crown of rejoicing. There's, I'd have to look at the other one prepared with. <laughs> the Bible talks about the martyr's crown. And, you know, not even, here's the thing. It's not that you even have to die. When you, when you study this out, the martyr's crown, it's not even that you physically die. I mean, that includes that. But, but you receive persecution. And what do you do? You overcome. Amen. That's what God, that's what the Lord said. He that overcomes will I grant to sit in my kingdom. The Bible talks over and over about overcoming. Overcoming. To him that overcomes will I grant. To him that overcomes. So that's what, that's what we do. When, when trouble comes, we overcome. When temptation comes to quit, to deny him. You know, there, there's reward when you overcome sin. Maybe something has, has dogged your tracks and you overcome. The Lord's going to bless you. He's going to, for one thing, you'll, just to be in his presence is one thing. But 
all these different things, he's weaving it into your garment. And you know, the Bible said he even is going to give you a new name. <laughs> the Bible said it's in a stone. I mean, I can't even imagine what, what's my name going to be. Zori Baba Shori Bakadia. You could you could really truly say there is a new name <laughs> written down in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. Why? Because there is going to be a new name that only you know, and only the Lord knows. Just when you thought all the names in the world were taken. He's got a new name written just for you. Amen. So, so why is this so important? Because the devil wants to make people quit. He wants you to quit just throwing the towel and you know it's not worth it, you know. You have to be faithful. And just keep keep on keeping on. Why? Because I got I got something waiting for me on the other side. It's not just a little it's not just a little shack in the cabin. Build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. The Bible says he's, he's got a mansion prepared for me. And you know what? He knows exactly what you like. He's going to prepare it just like you want it. I know there's got to be lots of instruments in my house. I know there, I know there is. Forget a nine-foot grand piano. It's, got, it's probably like 20 feet longer. Amen. Whatever you like. Whatever you like, the Lord, he's preparing that for you. Why? Because he loves you. But the most important thing is that we be ready and that we take as many people with us. Hallelujah. 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 It's a marriage supper is like nothing you've ever seen on this earth. Hallelujah. Every head bow, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, we just worship you and magnify you. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for the marriage supper today. That, Lord, there's a great banquet prepared. That, Lord, this, this banquet is going to be a celebration of the people of God. Lord, all the way back from the beginning of time, for all those that have called on your name, Lord, that we're going to see all the patriarchs. We're going to see all our loved ones that have gone before us. And most importantly, we're going to see Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the, the captain of our salvation, the joy of our life. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, that we will be ready for you. We will be ready.